John warned you that Charlie and I might pray for you. We sometimes float around the um, sanctuary and do that, but uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me to... uh, It doesn't mean you're safe. We may still pray for you, but but, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, for those of you who don't know us, I've been a pastor for 47 years. I started when I was five. 22, so, okay. Um, And the longer I serve the Lord, the simpler it gets. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke at our church in Houston on uh, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, chapter 3. I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray that for you, Not, not word for word, but one of the things that I saw that I'd never seen before, and that's pretty amazing, I've been studying the Bible for over 50 years, was that Paul says that as believers, we are already rooted and established in love. It's not something he prays for, it's something he prays from. If you are a believer, and and, and even if you're not, you're already pursued by God's love. But if you're a believer, you are rooted and established. You are deeply planted in God's love. Rooted means just what you think. A deep taproot down into the love of God. Think about that. Every single one of us in this room. And then established means built on a foundation. And it's from that platform that Paul prays that his readers would experience and explore the love of God. And the other thing about this love is, no matter how much you've explored it, there's all of it left over to find. Because it's infinite. So if you think you know how much God loves you, I always say, no, you don't. Now, you you you, you started, but... No, you don't. So I want to pray for you. And uh, I'm old enough to believe that when I pray in the name of Jesus, stuff happens. So if if you're comfortable doing this, put your hand on your heart. The Bible says the Holy Spirit pours the love of God in our hearts. So, Father, I don't know where the individual journeys are. But as a papa in the faith myself, I pray that every heart here will experience an infusion, an invasion, an infilling of your love in ways that we have not yet experienced. Father, I pray that we already being rooted and grounded in this ocean, this infinite ocean of love, may have indeed the ability together with all the saints around the world to lay hold of, to grasp, to understand, to pull down into ourselves this love that surpasses knowledge. That we as your people may be marked most of all by the fragrance of the awareness of your love for us. Not just as a group, 
but as individuals. May each person here today know more than ever before and be able to say, I am deeply, deeply cherished. I am deeply, deeply loved. In Jesus' name, amen. The other thing I saw, you're loved. You're not valuable because you're loved, although that helps. You're loved because you're valuable. And for someone like me who was told all my life as a child that I wasn't worth much, maybe I'm the only one in the room like that, I doubt it. God comes and says, no, you're worth so much that I love you with an infinite love. Got it? Thank you, Lord. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Am I? All right. Am I on? Be quiet. <clears throat> Miss Dorothy can't hear me if it's not a little bit louder. Can you hear me yet? Nope. Something, something not right here. There we are. Okay. I don't know why it's, what's going on. So, uh, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. It is very fascinating that I do have Ephesians 3 in this message. So, I don't know if that's uh, just a coincidence. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So, it is the Christmas season. Uh, I pray that uh, you're you're getting caught up in Jesus and not caught up in anything else that that moves you away from Him. You know, I was reading a. I I uh, I want to say I follow. I mean, I I have a I have a Jeremy Riddle on Instagram, uh, and most of you are like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, Jeremy Rill, is a, he's a worship leader, and he travels around the world, and uh, he's now an associate pastor at the Anaheim Vineyard. And uh, he's been just talking over and over again about how God is just stirring his heart uh, this Christmas. And it's something he's like, I, I can't even put words to it, he says, but uh, it's, more, it's more passion than articulation. And wouldn't it be good if we had more passion than words sometimes? In other words, we just, I can't explain what's going on, but it's there. 
And so that's my prayer, prayer for every single one of us that if nothing else, maybe you can't even explain what God is doing in your life, but there can be something in your heart where there's just like a passion, there's just like a, a depth, there's, a, there's something that's moving your heart where you're like, I am, I am in awe of Jesus again. I am, I am moved to Him again. I, I want to be closer to Him than I ever have been in my life. Because nothing really else matters. It, it doesn't really matter. If we, if we don't, if we do all this great stuff, I mean, what did Jesus say? Boy, we're off the notes already. Um, <laughs> what did Jesus say? You know, if you do all the miracles, if you do everything, you can do all these amazing things for me. You can be the best worship leader in, in the world. You can be the best Sunday school teacher. You can be the best whoever in your life. And you can do all this stuff. And if you get up there and I say, I never knew you. I never knew you. Then we've missed the whole point. We've, missed, we've done all this great stuff, but it hasn't went, been with intimacy with God, with knowing Jesus, with walking with Him, with experiencing His presence. So I don't know what Jeremy Riddle's speaking on this morning in Anaheim, California, because he is preaching, I, heard, I saw he doesn't normally preach. But I pray that whatever is in his heart would get in my heart and get in your heart. That you'd be moved by Jesus once again. That you would say, I've got to have Jesus. If I don't have Jesus, then I don't have nothing. So I want us to look at the Christmas story where Jesus comes. Because without the Christmas story, there is no Jesus for us to experience now. There is no Jesus for us to draw close to now. There is no Jesus to save us now. There's no Jesus to deliver us, to heal us, to empower us. There's no Jesus to pour out His love on us. If He doesn't come, then all of this rest of the stuff in the New Testament doesn't even matter. He's got to show up to earth. And He's got to fulfill the mission that He was given. He's got to be born as a baby. He has to come. And he wanted to come. Isn't that amazing? You know, it wasn't like in heaven. If you're not familiar with the Trinity, you know there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons in one God. Do you understand that? If you say no, then hey, at least you're being honest, right? <laughs> I don't know if we understand it. But so, I, you know, it wasn't like they were up in heaven drawing straws, you know, and there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they're like, sorry, Jesus, you drew the short straw. You have to go die. <laughs> you have to go to earth. You have to go to this nasty place with all kinds of brokenness and all kinds of hatred and all kinds of division and darkness. All that stuff that doesn't exist in heaven. You're going to go experience all that firsthand. You're going to have it pressing in on your life. You're going to have it try to overwhelm you and overcome you. No, Jesus says, no, I'm going to go. I'm here. It says in Hebrews where he says, I am ready to do the will of God. I want to go. Jesus wanted to go for you. He wanted to come. So when we read the Christmas story, it's not like somehow he just got caught up in something and just doing what his dad wants or man, I just better do it or I'm going to get in trouble. No, he was he was desiring it. He says, send me, send me, send me. Matthew 1, did I tell you where to turn yet? No, Matthew 1, 18. 
This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law or a righteous man and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. That's Isaiah in chapter seven and verse 14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So I want to just we're going to just look at a a couple of things here. And it's the idea is this is the whole Christmas story. Everything is bigger, bigger than than we think. God's work in our life is bigger than we think. It's, it's, it's more, more beyond what we would ask or think or imagine. And so the, the angel of the Lord, or an angel of the Lord, excuse me, uh, which is Gabriel, um, most likely comes, and it doesn't say Gabriel here, does it? It's probably Gabriel. Um, we're assuming that. He appears to Mary. And it says that Joseph had a strategy did you see that Joseph had a strategy here? Uh, first, let me lay out, let me not assume you know this, but uh, you know, it says that Mary and Joseph were engaged and then it talks about divorce and you're like, wait a second here, what's going on? Well, in the Jewish culture, when you were engaged, it was, it was as binding as marriage. In other words, you were already, you were already together as one. You had not come to move in together. You'd not had the house together. You'd not had intimate sexual relations together yet but you were as good as married and to break off that engagement they had to actually get a divorce i mean it, it was a formal uh formal thing that had to happen that had that joseph would have to do so it's not like you know so he had this strategy you know he finds mary of course she's pregnant he knows it's not him and he says i have a plan I have this idea and I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. I want to honor Mary. I want to bless Mary. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything, but I'm just going to just take care of this quietly and kind of move on. And God has to come in and say, let me tell you, your strategy is too small. Your strategy, your plan is too small. Your, your, your dream, your, what, you, what you have planned for your life is too small. I have something way bigger for you. It's beyond what you've even imagined. And so the angel comes and says, here is God's strategy. Here is, here is God's plan. Here is, here is God's desire. Here's what He wants for your life. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for you personally, Joseph, you're going to have to take some, some uh, public shame. You're going to have some, a little bit of disgrace in the culture and the time. But guess what? You know, when you follow my plan, there's going to be something amazing that's going to happen because it's bigger than you think. 
You know, whenever God shows up in your life, he always wants to take you from looking at something here to up here. He wants to say, I want you to see beyond where you're at. You know, we all have our plans. You know, okay, I'm going to do this. This is how my life's going to work. If you're a planner, um, I'm just going to stay away from that area. <laughs> and so you have all this stuff going on. And it might be good. It might be all this good stuff. God, I want to do this for you. I want to do that. I've, I've got this thing. I want my family and you know all this stuff. And, you know, it's sometimes where God has to show up and say, guess what? Your plan is too small. You just want to get to, you just want to, I just want to survive this. I want to have a decent life and go through this. And God says, look, your plan is way too small. I just want to, I just want to get past this, God. If I can just get past this in my life and then, then I'll feel good. And he's like, look, your plan is too small. I've got, I've got something more than you. You know, when, when God came to Joseph, he, w- he was looking way beyond Joseph's life. Everything that Joseph did affects us today. Isn't that amazing? I mean, here is God. He's got, you know, this one dude with a decision. It's barely Joseph and Mary. I mean, Mary was the key one. We're focusing on Joseph today. But, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph... God comes to them and they have a choice. They have, are you going to follow God's plan or not? Are you going to join in with the strategy of heaven? With what is going on on earth as it is in heaven? Do you want to join in with this or not? Because your plans are too small, Joseph. It's bigger than you think. You know, Ephesians 3 and verse 20 and 21 uh, says this. And I believe it was just read over us in a certain way. Uh, the, the Pastor Tom translation. Now... At the end of the psalm or that that prayer, it says, "Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within." Boy, the new NIV is that the NIV or the NLT? Okay, they changed the Bible. I always knew when I grew up. Okay, you know, for those of you who got over the King James, it happened to me too. I'm old enough now where I'm, they're changing the Bible, and I'm they're not really changing the Bible; they're just changing the word. Okay. <laughs> Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. You can put verse 20 back up there. You know, it says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine or ask and think. And so sometimes we have to lay our, our, divine, our, our undivine strategies down and say, do I want a strategy that's far above my life? You know, what's your plan to get through this season of your life? What's your plan to deal with this issue? How am I going to work with my kids in this? Man, my wife and I got this thing going on. I got this issue in my job going on. You know, and you've got this strategy and you need a, a messenger of heaven the Holy Spirit to speak in your heart and say, guess what? You're looking at it too small. I have something more for you. And I have something that's not just about you. It's about your kids. It's about your grandkids. It's about your great grandkids. It's about your grandkids, grandkids. Because when God works, he's always working to the generations beyond. 
See, we're just planning for our life. Oh, I've got a dream for my life and I want to fulfill God's plan for my life. He's like, yeah, I got that for you, but there's more. It's not just about you. It's always about somebody else. It's always about you passing on to somebody else. You to another generation. You to another person. You to a friend. You to a neighbor. He wants to get his presence and his love and his salvation out. And so it can never just be about you. It is about you. But it's not about you. He loves us intimately and perfectly just as we are. He wants, He treasures us. He would have come for just one of us, but He says, there isn't just one of you. So when I come for you, I want more. I don't just want you. And so my prayer for you is, you may have a divine strategy. Uh, you may have a strategy that is not divine, this needs a new battery, and I'll start using it. Uh, can you take that back to them? Um, and you may need to change that strategy. You may, to, may need to change that plan. You may need to say, God, what are you saying to me in this moment? And that's what, exactly what happened to Joseph. He had a revelation of this is what this situation looks like from heaven. Here's how heaven's going to deal with this. Do you know how heaven is going to deal with the situation you're in? How are you going to get out, get through this time? How are you going to make it through? How are you going to, how are you going to push through and, and be victorious in this? All right. That's going to be a lot better. I'm going to move back over here. James 1 5 says, if anybody lacks wisdom, I sound really different now. Um, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all who ask. Let's just pray right now. Do you need, who needs a divine strategy in their life? Who needs something that says, I need, I need, I need heaven's perspective right now in my life. You know, I want to believe that, that God's going to release that to us right now. I don't want to just preach a message and go home and say, hey, let's eat cake now. Let's, let's, let's believe that God's going to do something right now. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, release your strategy right now. I pray for encounters and visitations of the Holy Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, wisdom and knowledge being released, supernatural wisdom and knowledge being released, the power of the Holy Spirit right now descending upon every person who is saying, I want that, God. I need that, God, in my life. I welcome that in my life. I lay down my plans and my strategies, God, and I say, What's, what, what do you say? What do you see, God? What do you want to do? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. And I was reading this on Wednesday night. We had a great time on Wednesday night with our time meditating on the names of Jesus from the Christmas story from Isaiah 7 and 9. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and Emmanuel. And uh, I read through Matthew, and I'd never seen this before, just, you know, in studying the Bible, not for 50 years, because I'm only 42, but for a number of year, decades. <laughs> and it says this, but in verse 20, But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, 
Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Did you catch it there? Well, you probably, you, you've got to know a couple of things, because there's the first part of, of, uh, of Matthew is the genealogy of Jesus. And you'll notice in that, that Joseph right here is not the son of David. Some of you are getting it. See, throughout the Old Testament, the promise of the Messiah was always like this. There's one like David. There's one like David coming. He's going to be the son of David. Get this, when the angel shows up to Joseph, he calls him by his royal heritage. He says, Joseph, son of David. Never seen that before. <laughs> I was like, whoa, right there, Joseph would have known, oh, there's something going on here way bigger than I thought. There is something going on. This, it was the, it's the promise of the Messiah right there. He hasn't even told him who his, ba- who the baby is that his, his wife to be is going to carry, but he, de- the angel declares it in his greeting to Joseph, Joseph, son of David. You're the son of a king. Your heritage is royal. There's something bigger going on in your life. You don't even realize where you're coming from and what I'm going to do in you. And so he says, look, Jesus is ultimately the son of David. This is the only time in all of the Gospels and as far as I can tell, all of the New Testament that anybody other than Jesus is referred to as the son of David. And so God right there in that moment is calling him to his royal identity. Isn't that what happens when we meet, when we meet Jesus? When we get close to Jesus, when he comes into our lives, he calls us out and says, hey, you're not just who you are here on earth. You're a son, you're a son or a daughter of the king. You know, we need, we need to be reminded of our royal heritage as believers in Jesus Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus, it says that you have, you've been transferred from death to life, from darkness to light, that you're a new creation, you've been bought, you've been redeemed, you've been set free, you've been delivered, and now you're a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. In John chapter 1, the Christmas story, John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says, He came that those who would receive Him might have the right to become children of God. Children not born of human will or human power or anything that's on earth, but those who have been born of God. What if I went through life living like I've been born of God? Man, that gives me a whole lot more faith. That gives me a whole lot more confidence. That gives me to say, there is something more in me. Not because of me, but because he says, I'm going to come close to you, and I'm going to birth something in you that you didn't have there before, and I'm going to call it forth. Your heritage is royal. You are connected. You are related to the king. Joseph. Son of David, hey, look, he would have known right away too. Hey, this is bigger. This is bigger than you think, pal. This is not just about this situation right here. Right now, God's saying, hey, look, it's not just about your, the situation you're in right now. It's bigger than that. 
Every single believer in Jesus is so important. Every single one of you is so important to Jesus. He loves you so much and he wants to fill you so much so that you leak out and you spill out on somebody else. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than your family. It's bigger than what you've been praying for. It's more than that. It's the kingdom of God. It's the king of kings. It's heaven's will coming to earth. And he wants to remind us, look, you're not doing this on your own. You're the son or daughter of the king of kings. It's who you are. It's your identity. And he's calling us back always to our identity in him. Because it's in your identity in Christ Jesus that you will live fruitfully. You will live victoriously. You will live loved. And you will be able to love with a love that only comes from heaven. Oh, Lord, fill us with that love today. Lord, fill us with that awareness. Make us aware. You know, we need Jesus to come close to us to, to reveal once again, hey, this is, this is who I am in him. I love that we sang the Good Good Father song. I know we sing that, you know, once or every once a month or once every six weeks or something. But it's just fascinating to me that the Holy Spirit would move Lisa to pick that song today. It's like, hey, you know, we're declaring who he is and who we are. I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you can figure out who God is and figure out who you are in Him, you'll get a whole lot of things straightened out. If you have the proper view of God and the proper view of yourself, then life begins to, all the things begin to untangle. May not happen right away, but they'll, they'll, they'll be healing released in your life. You'll see growth. You'll see change. You'll see transformation. You'll see, you'll be able to look back and go, oh man, five years ago, whoo! We should not go look back five years ago and it, like, five years ago is like right here. We want to look back five years ago. Oh man. You know, this week I was, uh, uh, I, I jumped on, on Facebook. That can be always dangerous, right? Just check your Facebook. Uh, during the middle of the day, um, and so I don't even know why. I just, I just got on there and there's this picture, uh, from Life, well, whatever it's called now, Life Pacific University College Archives. It's the school I went to. I went to Bible College. It was called Life Bible College then. They've changed the name twice now. I don't even know what the real name is now. I think it's Life Pacific University. And so they're, 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 they're posting, it's one of my old classmates, Gary Merriman, is, uh, <laughs> uh, posting old photos from the archives. And so there's this, there's this photo of all these all these, I hope nobody that I went to school with listens to this message. Turn it off right now if you're listening. Okay, um, and so it's this old photo of all these girls at this special place, and somebody says, where is this? And all the girls in there are talking, I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember. And I looked at the photo, and I'm like, I know where that is. Okay, look, I only had three dates in college, okay? And one of them was, she was in the picture, Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness it didn't work out. Praise the Lord. Um, and so, so then I, I posted this little funny thing and said, well, I remember what it was because I only had three dates in high school. And it was the junior senior banquet in 1996. Because uh, I remember who my date was. I remember who my friend's date was. And they're both there right in the front. And, uh, you know, I remember who was at my table and all that stuff. And so it was ha, ha, ha and all this stuff. And people are commenting. And, you know, for for a moment... For a moment, I was back in college. And I was a whole lot less sure of myself. And there was a little bit more confusion. There was just just who I was back then. 
And I looked back and I was like, oh God, Emmanuel, you were, you were with me in that time. You were walking me through all the stupid things that I thought were a big deal. Um, you know what? I am so thankful that that is 20, 1996, 22 years ago. And wow, look where you've brought me now. I'm different. And you know, sometimes the, the situations or, or even the enemy or just our own minds will, will try to take us backwards. They'll try to take us, take us back and say, and try to make you feel like you did in that moment and say, you know, that's, that's just who you are. You're always going to be that person. And that's when Jesus shows up and says, no, son of the king, son of the king, daughter of the king. Look where I brought you. That's not you anymore. I'm not that scared, shy little kid anymore. I've got confidence now. I, I'm a leader. I am, I'm a person who has influence. I'm one who uses my, my, my voice and my life to influence others. I'm not just wandering around hoping I can find the right girl. My view is so small. Oh, if I could just get married, if I could just have this. God's like, look, this is way bigger than you. I've got people you need to meet. I've got, I've got things that need to happen in your life. And with Jesus in your life, it will happen. You are a son or a daughter of the king. The potential is endless. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with him. Lift our eyes from our small view and let us lift our eyes to heaven where we can see beyond where we're at and we can see with the eyes of the King of Kings and look into our situations and declare with His authority, His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then it says, all this took place to fulfill what the prophet said through Isaiah. Wait, that's not where I'm supposed to read. (laughs) Verse 21, I was on 20. She will, and then she will give birth to a son. This is the message of the angel continuing. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You know, by and large, the majority view of the Jewish culture of the time was that the Messiah would come and set them free from the oppression of political bondage from the Romans. They were looking for a, a deliverer on earth. And so Joseph, he was a, he was a good Jewish man. It says he was a faithful, righteous man to the law. So he would have recognized Most likely he would have recognized son of David and he's like, we're talking Messiah here. This is something to do with the Messiah. And then he's like, look, you're going to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And again, it's God coming and saying, look, this is bigger than you think. You just want this little situation taken care of. And he says, no, I'm coming to free the world of sin. Because that's the only way something good can happen is if I'm free from my brokenness. If I'm free from my uh, anything related to my nature, my fallen nature. That only Jesus can deliver us from sin. 
because we need we need deliverance from that. We need deliverance from its influence. And it says, uh, you know, all through the, the book of Romans, it says you you don't live anymore in sin, but now you live in, in grace. Why do we live in grace? Because Jesus showed up. Because of the cross, because of his death, because of his blood, because of his resurrection, because of his life, because of everything he did was if 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 Jesus shows up and doesn't deliver from sin, he's not doing what he's called to do. God's never scared of sin. He's not afraid of sin. He's not, you know, I don't even, well, never, I won't say that. <sighs> You know how we have those things like God can't be around sin? You know? Right away when they sin, who shows up? God. In Genesis chapter 3. It's not that God can't be around sin. It's that God knows that, hey, sin is going to separate you from relationship with me. And so I need to do something to set you free from that. You're in bondage. I need to set you free. It's, it's, it has no effect on God. God's not like, oh, I can't be around that. I can't be in the same room with that. No, no, he's he's like, no, I'm going to be in here and I'm I'm God and I want to set you free from sin. And so I don't know if you need deliverance in your life from something, but here's the deal. It's in Jesus. You know, I love the the uh we just did a, a study on Wednesday night uh called Goliath must fall. Uh, some of you adults went through it. I wasn't here with you. I was teaching foundations most of the weeks. Um, but I did watch it at home with my wife. We watched it together. And it's a teaching by Louis Giglio. It's about the story of David and Goliath. And, the, and I know I've shared this briefly, a little bit of it, several weeks ago. But the idea is this. We all grow up and we're told, you can be David. You can slay the giant. <laughs> you, you're going to do great things for God. You're going to kill the giant. And Louis Giglio has this whole different way of looking at it. He says this, hey, guess what? You're not David. Jesus is David. You're not going to kill your, the giants in your life. He is. Jesus is the champion we need. He is the deliverer. He is the champion. He is the one that's going to fight your battles for you. So if you need deliverance, guess what? Take hold of the truth that says Jesus. No, Jesus is going to beat this. Not I'm going to beat this. Jesus is going to destroy this giant in my life. Jesus is going to deliver me from this sin. He's going to deliver me from this bondage. Whatever it is, whether it's fear, whether it's addiction, whether it's anger, whether it's people-pleasing, whether it's uh, insecurity, whatever it is, he says, look, I'm going to beat that giant. I'm going to kill that thing because I am Jesus, and I'm going to deliver people from sin. That's what. That's part of who he is. That's what his name means. That's what, what he is called here in the first time we are... Mentioning his his birth here in Matthew chapter 1. It says, look, his name is Jesus because this is what he's going to do. He's going to free you. So I don't know if you need freedom today. But the champion Jesus is here to slay those giants. He is present in your life to say, I'm going to fight that battle for you. He's not going to use Saul's armor. He's going to do it the way he wants to do it.
He's going to go out there in simplicity and with the weapons that are far more powerful than anything we can come up with on our own and say, I will fight for you. Just like David did for the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody just need prayer today? That this message has stirred something in you that says, I just need prayer. I want us to pray for one another. Lift your hand up. Let's not be shy. Don't be, don't miss out an opportunity to get prayer. Anybody need prayer this morning? It says, I just, I just need, I need some of this in my life. I need it imparted to me. Is there anybody that says, there's one. Anybody else? We got the first brave one out. So. Anybody else? Need healing in your body? You need a deliverer in your soul? There's two. One, two, three, four, five. Hold your hands up. Act like you want it. So, yes, I need that. There we go. All right. If you got, look around. If you're not raising your hand, that's fine. You don't have to make something up. We're not trying to make up a giant or make up something we need to pray for. Look, find someone who ha- has their hand lifted around you. If you're part of this church, find someone who has their hand up around you and pray for them. Lay hands on them. We're going to believe right now. You're, you're praying, not me. Don't wait for me to pray. It's a lot, yours is way better. Sons and daughters of the king, praying right now, releasing the presence and the authority and the wisdom of heaven right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that, God. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.